0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Love Pod. Uh, We're up to episode 17 I think now, we've come a long way and I've said that before. Uh, Tonight is a packed, packed pod and you realise that last week's was our shortest at 40 minutes. I think this week maybe I'll be a contender for one of our longest. Obviously it's not going to be Mark Isles long but we might be getting there. Tonight I'm joined by Dan and I'm joined by Liam. Liam how are you?
1: Yeah good thank you Chris, good. Nice to be back. Been a couple of weeks off and uh... It's good to get my view across again.
0: Definitely. We were trying to have a bit of a rotating cast. Obviously, we need to have Tech Wizard Dan on because we're all uh, Luddites compared to him. But, uh, yeah, it's nice to have you back on, my friend. And, and Dan, what about yourself? Have you had a pleasant weekend?
2: Yeah, it's been good, actually. As, as we discussed on Twitter, on, late on Friday and Saturday morning, I was literally, on Friday night, sat by the fire pit in my garden for six hours. And it was absolute bliss. You can't really hope for better for a weekend, really. So, yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, I had uh, I had forty five minutes in the sun yesterday, so today I've been sitting like a lobster. Think of anything, knocking (laughs) out, knocking back the peroni's with the father-in-law. Though it's been very pleasant, very civilized way to spend the Sunday. Right. Well, let's uh, let's crack straight on, lads. We've got plenty to talk about this week. Um, First article on the agenda, uh, and I'm going to read it verbatim. David fucking done. (laughs) It's still still a staggering bit of news. Uh, The link, obviously, that came out in the in the week. By, uh, by Mark Isles and by our friend Neil Bonner as well. Liam, I'm going to come to you first on this one, but David fucking done.
1: It was a bit of a surprise. I must admit, when um, Neil Bonner got in his very teasing mode seeing a surprising signing, <laughs> it actually crossed my mind. Just because of the word surprising, interesting, I just thought, nah, nah, it wouldn't be.
0: Exactly. Most normal people dismissed it as a flight of fancy and there's no chance David fucking Dunn's coming.
1: No, and then and then it looks as though the... There is some meat to the bone, really, and uh, wow! I mean, what what can you say? I mean, I did a little bit of reading into it myself, and you know, tried to gauge some of the Blackburn reactions to it, and the majority of them seemed a little bit disappointed. They thought he should have featured quite a bit more last season, but oh, I'm not still not convinced by that. You know, well, was this his place taken
0: by Jay Spearing as well, by the way?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, this is this mm-hmm. is not a player even even at his best that I'd really wanted our club, <laughs> so. You know, to have him now at 35 years old without, you know, with not even half a season behind him last season, to be realistic... was eight not it? Eight,
0: eight substitute
2: appearances, eight not substitute one
0: Not a single... Wow, bloody hell. Worse than I thought then.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, staggering, really. I mean, what did you think, then, David... Fucking done, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Like he's Neil Bono, to his credit, he wasn't
2: lying this time. <laughs> when he said surprising inside," and it sure fucking mm. was surprising, because it was it quite late on on the night before it was released, and then oh, all Bolton fans were really happy. It's like, oh, who was it going to be? One, I'll give him a shout out, Ben Moore, thinking was being quite optimistic, thinking it was going to be Nolan, and was very excited for it. And then that came out the following morning, and <laughs> like I held no expectations these days. But even that, like. If it does turn to a true, unless it is, I could, I'd, the only way I'd accept it at all is if it was a coaching role as well as mm-hmm. a playing role, and he played very, very little, because come on, he's 35, he's fat as fuck, 10 years ago, maybe, maybe, like, well, wasn't it 12 years ago we were trying to sign him or something?
0: Well, when he left uh, when he left Blackburn, uh, Birmingham, wasn't it, to go back to Blackburn, <laughs> we had him in for his medical, and then he, he disappeared yeah, off the right. road, probably, I just... found out we didn't offer pies at half-time or I something, just... but... Uh, I, no, it's bizarre, isn't it? It is yeah. bizarre. I mean, one one thing that I was told, and I don't know if it's true or not, is that apparently David Dunn and Gartside are friends so, on the oh, social no. scene, which sounds a bit strange, and that's where the link has come from because Dunn as allegedly, and I say it with massive quotation marks, so I don't know if it's true or not, but allegedly Dunn's the one that's approached Bolton. <sighs> Obviously, okay. he's, seen what, he's, he's seen what we've done with Heskey and Good Johnson. Um, and obviously thought, well, well, you know, they they fancy a few of the OAPs. Why not chance man? Because you know he wouldn't have to move out. He'd probably get paid a similar sort of whack that you would get at Blackburn. So from his point of view, I can well understand it. It but, is. It's like sorry, carry on. No, carry on, please.
2: How many people thought Heskey was completely done when we got Heskey in like he in Australia and not barely anything had been heard from him over there, and he came back and did make a very he did not make an impact here. There's not denying that. And I do hope he's still this contract still not be sorted out, but I imagine it will be bad. Next week at the latest, and who would have thought he'd be as important player as he was? I don't know. It's hard. Like I don't see the point in it at all because that attacking like midfield position is a position we are very fruitful in. We've got Johnson, Clough, Prattley at a push. You know, Clayton, Mac Davis. Yeah. We don't need players there, but
0: it's upsetting to me that we've 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 yeah, just exactly. let go. We've just let go Luke Woodland. Who I've not spoken about him before. He's a, a solid, dependable. Pretty unspectacular, but a, a good passer. Someone with a decent eye moving forward as well. And it just makes absolutely no sense to me to, to sack off someone like Luke Woodland, who we've invested mm. the best part of 10 years in, in his development, yeah. to bring in David fucking Dunn. You know? It does make and sense. And I apologise to Tony Coffey for the, for the swearing, my friend, but David fucking Dunn, I, come on.
2: It makes no no sense at all. Like, look, it
0: makes zero sense. Not even a start last sense. season
2: for the team he is a legend at for a team. He's, mm. I think he was probably not... On field, you know, club captain, but not on field captain and all that type of stuff. It just makes no, he's completely bewildering. It is, and, oh, it,
0: is. It's depressing, it certainly so. is. But I don't think that's going to happen. But one that we've been linked with today, uh, probably a bit more sensible, a bit more logical, is Ryan Taylor. Again, uh, another local rival, formerly of Wigan and Newcastle, of course, as well. But I'll come straight back to you, Dan, on that one. But what was your reaction to the Ryan Taylor news?
2: It's one of those players who I've always liked Taylor, and I've always he's always been a one who I would have liked to see at Bolton. It's, I, I've always like who was it we got? Like I've always seen, I always saw a bit weird. Like I always thought Bannon would play for Bolton one day in a club, Like Meas mm. isn't good, but at one point I always thought Mears would play for Bolton, and he ended up doing. Ryan Taylor is like that, like that type of name, and who I always thought would see at my club one day. But I saw't again, he's an injury-prone player. With, he is decent, or he was at least, but we've discussed this at length on the podcast. When we can't keep on moaning the fact we have so many injuries when we keep signing injury-prone players. and no. Ryan, Taylor, Ryan Taylor spent 26 months on the sidelines and then got injured the month after he returned for another four months. If we sign him, he said we cannot moan when he does his knee in two months into his time here. We fucking don't have him for six months and we're without a right-back again. Yeah. It's just, it, nah, I can't get behind that one either To be honest with you, just it's either Lennon taking a chance or Lennon being really desperate now. And I don't know which is worse.
1: Mm,
0: Liam, what do you think about Ryan Taylor? I mean, obviously, at his, at his peak, he's a fine Premier League player, no problem at all there. But that surely that was a good couple of years ago when he fulfilled that particular role.
1: Yeah, with discussed on length here the problem that we've had with signing players with dodgy at best injury records so I really would be surprised if we did take a risk on Ryan Taylor I mean yeah you know medicals nowadays they tend to be very thorough and if you know if he comes in and he passes it then is he over the injury but I just can't see it happening I just can't see us taking that kind of risk especially with how prudent we are now with our finances you know we're we're looking at our we've been looking at our own players for the last six months in terms of their injuries and, and letting them go on the fact that they aren't fit enough, so I'd be very yeah. surprised if we take on someone with Ryan Taylor's injury record, even if he does pass a medical. I'd, I'd be again, I'd be very surprised if either of these two chances actually happen.
0: I think I'm, I think yeah, I agree. I mean, just thinking back then to a point you just made about uh, players we've let go. I mean, Craig Davies. I, you know, again, no, no world beater, but the sort of play that we could probably do with as a squad member. But Lennon's exact reason for letting him go was that he wasn't reliable enough in mm. terms of being fit.
2: His injury record's nowhere near as bad as Taylor's over uh, the Absolutely,
0: three years. Abso- absolutely, his injuries have only been in the last six months, really, yeah. not the last, you know, two or three years in the, in the respect to Taylor. But I just find it strange that uh, you know Lennon's made again made comments about us not doing our homework in the past before signing players you have got histories of injuries. And then one of the first players that we're linked with is Ryan Bloody Taylor. Now, nothing against Taylor; like I said, he's a decent player, but he doesn't he doesn't fulfil any real category that we're we're in dire need of because he's come from the Premier League. He spent a few years at Newcastle. So, one, he's probably going to be expensive. Mm. Two, severe doubts over his fitness. So, yeah, I just think that on on a few different levels, I think that one is going to be pretty pretty unlikely. I mean, I admire I think Lennon doing perfectly fine going for someone with that kind of pedigree with that kind of experience at the top level. But I just wonder whether there's other options out there. I really do.
2: Oh no, well we do need a right back and is if there's there must be better out there than Taylor, I do think his position, well, anything across the defence, he's a versatile defender and we could do one of them in you know, like in the ream type of mould can if need be play in positions when we undoubtedly get injuries but as I've said, if he's gonna be the one who's getting injured, then we're gonna need people to cover for mm-hmm. him. So it just seems completely pointless to me, to be honest with you.
0: Well, Liam, what would you what would you say to I mean it's something that's crossed my mind in the last couple of days is Let's just be done with it and let's just have Josh Vela as our right back. I know he's he's not a right back traditionally, but we know he can do the job. Do you think we're you know it's a bit of a pointless area in trying to trying to replace Vela when Vela's still there and he could still do the job himself?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. To be honest, I'm in the minority that actually thinks that Vela was a lot better at right back than he was in centre midfield. He really fit into that role, and I really you know. A lot of the times, these players will will start in a particular role, and then we'll find a role that's better for yeah. them. And yeah. I really and I I really think that Bella was very very good at right back. There was only a few handful of times where he was particularly exposed. I think against Wigan because they had they had particularly good wingers last season. Yeah, the and I think again against them he struggled a little bit, but no more than Baptiste did the year before away there. So. Yeah, for me, for me, I'm I'm of the minority that thinks that you know, for me, Josh Vella is should be our right back really.
2: I do actually agree with you that. You know, I I do think for the large part, Vella was better at right back, but he just has so much potential. It would be a shame to see it squandered at right back. I'd like to see him, and he never had a good run of games in midfield. Like when he played there against Brighton, he set up the winner, didn't he for Cloth. I think yeah. I think he does need. But a would good... it be
0: squandered though? Would it be squandered though? I mean, it's. It's a homegrown player who becomes a regular first teamer and someone that we know can do a job. Is it is it that much of a of a shame to deny him the place in midfield where we've we've seen what he can do at fullback and we know that he can do it pretty well.
2: He is good at fullback, no denying. But I just think centre midfield is the place where he can really, where his attributes will really um, come to the forefront, and that's you know his box to box energy, winning the ball, passing it on and creating goals and stuff. And Whilst he can do it out wide, he's probably the best crosser we've had as a fullback aside from Ream, for quite a while. I wouldn't mind either way but I do want to see him get a good opportunity in the midfield have a good spell of games and at least give him a proper chance to see if he can do it and if not then put him back into a position where he's more tested.
0: Mm, well, talking about opportunity, another player that's been linked with a move away from Wanderers this week is uh, an academy graduate, Odalusi, uh, again linked with, but linked with Wigan, which was a bit of a surprise to most. Now, uh, from seeing him quite a bit when he was a youngster, he started off as a main striker and then ended up as a, as a sort of wide left, um, Oh gosh, probably something like a juve kind of position, supporting the main striker. Obviously, he's not made any inroads in the first team in the last 12 months. He's been out on loan at Coventry. He also suffered quite a bad knee injury mm-hmm. before that as well. Even if it is Wigan, I'm pretty sure that if he was to leave, he'd probably go with our best wishes. Dan, would you say?
2: Yeah, of course, and I'd be, I would be quite good if he mm. does leave to us. So he's got one more year on left in his deal. Are we really going to get that much for him that he will make too much of a difference? Rather, than, I think we'd
0: let him go personally. I think yeah, you I you'd, you'd just tear his contract up and say good luck, oh, exactly. lad, and, uh, yeah. I'd rather,
2: I'd rather keep him and give him a go because I think he's one who has got potential. He showed it. I think it was either Freedman's first full season when he played against Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury that's right. and He yeah. scored, didn't he? And I think he he's one who seems to really love the club. And I think, given the opportunity, he could really show his um, potential. Because, like you said, he did have a bad injury last year, which ruled him out for a lot of the season. When he went to Coventry, yeah. whilst he wasn't the best, like we got the long report off the Coventry fan who did. He said, like he made his, he made a great impact off the bench, a lot of scoring important goals and setting up goals as well. Even though he was a bit. Unpredictable and maybe a bit um, bit uh, silly with the ball at times, a bit wasteful. I'd still rather give him I'd give him a chance because it just means we've got another player that we don't need to replace by bringing a man yeah, in, which we exactly. can't seem to do.
0: Exactly. And, uh, Liam, I'm sure, would you concur or are you of the opinion that if he's not made it at this point, he's never going to make it and let him have a go elsewhere?
1: Yeah, I'd probably still let him have a go, to be honest. It's not like he's Tom. He's, he's not torn the world up, has he, when no. he has gone out on loan. It's not like he's come back with, with absolutely rave reviews. He's, he's done very well, I, I, hear. And yeah, he's probably at that stage where he's never really broke into the team and he's never been an option for, you know, Lennon or previous managers. They've really given him a go or considered him ready to have a go. So I'd probably say at this stage, you know, let him go. If there is somebody out there that can give him first team football every week and, you know, he goes with everyone's best wishes, I think, at this stage. Definitely,
0: and he's been here long enough to have earned his chance in the first team. If that's not going to happen, then again, you might as well just cut your losses and uh, and crack on. Uh, speaking of cutting losses, again, outgoings. There was an interesting article in the evening news about transfer targets this last couple of days with a bit of a throwaway line in there about players leaving it. Tommy Eaves, who I personally I forgot played for us, uh, Rob Hall and Feeney as well, which was unbelievable. I don't think anyone in the wide world of sport would think that Feeney's going to be heading off anywhere, but... Eves and Hall are quite obvious candidates. Liam, would you say they're not, they're not going to do anything for us now? They might as well cut our losses again on them. Those two lads.
1: Absolutely, hundred percent. I, I did like Eves to begin with. I liked everything about him. I thought he had a really good frame. Seemed to put himself about a little bit, and he had that really good spell on lawn, didn't he? At Shrewsbury, I think it was a couple That's of years right. ago, that mm-hmm. really got everyone quite excited about him. But he, he was another one that was actually given an opportunity. And again, when you saw him, you thought, okay, you know, he's putting himself a little bit, but the goals just simply weren't there, and I think the longer that time went on, sort of the less, you know, it, it didn't seem as likely that he would make an impact at Bolton. And to be fair, I'm actually surprised he's, he's still with us at this stage.
0: Yeah, he's um, just got a, a very tidy contract that he's sat there collecting. Now he's, he's one where he, he in the reserves, like like Wilkinson, and we'll talk about Wilkinson in a sec. Wilkinson looks like an absolute world beater at times playing for the reserves. He's got the again, he's, he's a big lad. Perhaps the strength and the experience isn't quite there in the reserve level to truly test him like it is in the full game. But Wilkinson looked, looked damn good playing for the reserves on a couple of occasions that I saw him last season. Now, he's, he's on his way out to join, well, supposedly to join Barnsley, but there's been a couple of whispers online about problems with his attitude. I don't know if either of you have seen those uh, somewhat cryptic tweets from people involved, uh, involved in the transfer, or people involved with Wilkinson as well, which, which comes as a surprise. But I, I, don't, I wouldn't feel too upset about him leaving, would you, Dan?
2: He is one that I feel like we brought him in for a relatively hefty sum from Millwall, I believe. It was quite a controversial one, wasn't it? I know Mm -hmm. Millwall fans were up in arms and I think it did not go to a court case or whatever to determine the price or I something. think it was
0: only yeah, it was only a hundred thousand. It's not yeah. nothing I mean, I, I get only a hundred thousand in our in our position is still quite a decent wedge, but sorry, carry on. I
2: suppose it's good that we're getting I didn't realise I thought it was more around the three three hundred thousand range. So if it's only a hundred thousand and we're getting the vast majority of the back of that back with the reported seventy five K price, then I think that isn't too bad. But he's a one I'm a bit gutted he's not I do agree, I think with question on this podcast his attitude and his ability to cope with actually get playing for the first mm. team in his appearances this year for Bolton, last year for Bolton and, but he's one I thought would come back after his launch spell, scored a couple of goals set up a couple, would come back and get a good chance during pre-season for, 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 for him to prove Lent to Lennon his worth but I'm, I would be quite surprised if he does leave but I imagine it's just to get as much money as we can at this stage really.
0: Yeah, Liam, what do you think about, the, uh, about Wilkinson heading off?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to put it in the same bracket as I did Eves to be honest, I think I think at Bolton we have a real tendency to see a lot more from our youth players than perhaps is quite there, and I really yeah. think that the emergence of Clough has shown us really how much the rest are lacking. Yeah,
0: you know we're,
1: we're, desperate not, we're, not, to,
0: we're desperate to have a mountain, we're desperate to have academy graduates in the team, and we do romanticise them a little bit.
1: That's it. We we are really guilty of it, to be honest, and we can we can often really put some value on them that really isn't there. And I think with Wilkinson, the game that really showed it for me and don't get me wrong, it was a very tough game for him, it was Liverpool game, mm-hmm. and go. he came on as a sub, and I just he thought, have he
0: better had a kick, did he?
1: Yeah, I thought, this 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 lad is miles off, he's he's absolutely miles off, and there was times where he, I think he started a couple of games for us at one point. Sainz so did thought,
2: switch against two yeah. centre-backs, though, in first
1: time. Yeah, but he just, I don't know, he just mm-hmm. looked completely there lost, yeah, there was, there was really nothing there, and I, you know, I was hopeful that perhaps a loan spell would change that, but it seems as though, the attitude when he's going on alone has, has really sort of shown itself. So perhaps we're maybe better cutting our losses on him. And he mm-hmm. may well turn out to be a very good player, but the signs yeah. are looking a little bit ominous for him.
0: Would you not? Find think... it in... oh, sorry. No, no, you go ahead.
2: So, would you not find it interesting that the youngsters that we're getting rid of—Hall, Eves, Wilkinson—are all ones that Coyle and Friedman respectively brought into the club, trying to bolster the well, Eves we've system?
0: Seen Len- we've seen what Lennon and his new his new academy team. I like the parachuting. In- the best of the, of the release lot, like that Rasty that we signed from Manchester City, and yeah. the lad, uh, what's his name, who signed from Tottenham as well. That oh, I can't I, 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 I don't think the ones that we've got here are good enough. Oh. No, no matter who brought them in, and so you know, if you want to just bring in someone better, then we should do it. And a quick fix, a, a quick seventy-five grand from Wilkinson, yeah, fine. Take it, spend it on that Kuypers or whatever his name was, mm-hmm. and then. Reinvest it in the squad because there's no point having Wilkinson out on loan because he's not earning us any money. If you think that he's, not to, he's not going to turn into the play that we want him to be, then yeah. just do it. Just just be, you know, a bit unceremonious about it and just do it. Just cut your yeah. losses and disappear.
2: I was just thinking it was interesting, like how you know you, you were saying then about weak Bolton fans see our Bolton, the club itself see more in the youngsters than what may be there. Do you not think it's more people looking at Eves who scored a hat trick against us in a friendly, Hall who looked promising for West Ham, Wilkinson. Players we've brought in, but then our our own youngsters who we brought up, Walker, Clough, Vella, have come in the team and are good enough. But I, I was gonna say that, but then the theory kind of gets ruined with Clayton who we brought in a little bit. So, hey ho.
0: People forget that. Quality,
1: doesn't
0: it? Yeah, I've been guilty of this as well. Though Clayton's only played nine games for us.
2: Yes, and it could backfire that I, after two. Well, I, I mean, and... I'm,
0: I'm I'm honestly not. I'm not. Running the lad down because he looks like he's he's got a lot of he's got something special about him. Don't get me wrong, mm. but I think Clayton's a perfect example. Max Clayton, he's played nine games for us, he scored once, but we all think of him like, oh, when he comes back from his injury, we're going to be all right. We're going to we're going to fly at the league. But, he's advertising
2: the kit and everything with
0: his. Yeah, there's no there's no guarantee of that, and he's played less games for us than probably Wilkinson has. Mm. You know, see what I mean about how how the players are sort sure, of a yeah. a judged differently. It's a difficult one. I, I really wish Wilkinson the best wherever he ends up. But I think Lennon's taking the right course of action on this one. Now, just to move on swiftly, because we've got bloody loads of transfer stuff to talk about. Um, Liam, I'm going to ask you first on this one. The James Forrest story came out at the back end of last week, just as we were recording last week's parts. we didn't get a chance to talk about it. And I do hold my hands up for writing a proper clickbait story to, to, to hook all those Celtic fans in, and it absolutely worked. It, worked. it came in the thousands. But do you think there's ever really any chance of James Forrest signing for Bolton for financial reasons or for for footballing reasons, from Celtic?
1: um, I, I, My first thoughts was, that's unlikely. Obviously, I, I know a lot about both clubs involved, and I did think that's quite unlikely. Now, James Forrest, it might surprise some people, wasn't necessarily first choice at Celtic last year. He's he's kind of struggled, really. He burst onto mm-hmm. the scene, Forrest, and he had a lot of promise. But I think he was ruined a little bit by the fact that he was sort of following in the footsteps of Aidan McGeady, who'd done so well, you know, and yeah. commanded such a good fee for Celtic, and... Has since, you know, really shone and doing absolutely brilliant at Everton now. So I think Forrest always struggled because he was following up there. Now James Forrest is a very, very good player. He's he's direct. He's very similar to James McLean, really. Right? But he has struggled to get in the team in terms of purchasing him. He's still quite young, so six figures isn't unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. No. To, the, the lad's still a Scotland international. So it's, I was just gonna
0: say, is he played? Has he played for Scotland? I wasn't sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's still very much a Scotland international, so it's it's very unreasonable for us to think that we can get him any cheaper than... I, I, I mean, he's got a year left on his contract, so I'd say anything from 900000 Ferries to £1.2 is going to be a fair price to James Forrest. So, yeah. you know, that that's really where we're going to be looking. So, would he come to Bolton? Yeah, I don't see why not. If he's not playing at Celtic, and obviously he's going to love Neil Lennon, them two are going to get on very well. It was Lennon who gave him his chance when he was at Celtic. So, you know, that would be the incentive for him to come. Will it be a transfer? No. Could it be a loan? That's more likely. But Ronnie Dyler seems to mm-hmm. seems to be dismissing it, shall we say? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean I don't really know a lot about Forrest, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've seen him play a couple of times in the Champions League and he seemed like a perfectly competent player and, and obviously Lennon knows him, like you say, he gave him his debut and, and it again points to the fact that he's unhappy with the squad that he's got, doesn't it? That he's looking to parachute in these wingers. But personally, I think that one's a little bit of pie in the sky. Uh, one that doesn't seem to be to be that is, is Wilson Palacios. And I'm going to link this to a tweet from our mate uh, Nico that came in a couple of minutes ago. Well, about half an hour ago, actually. About two people coming in tomorrow. Now, with typical Nixon vagueness, he's coming and not said that they're signing, but two in. So obviously, I think one of them is probably going to be Palacios coming in for his, for a bit of training, a bit of trial, especially with the, the comment about one of them not being fit yet. And without wanting to blow too much smoke up Nixon's massive arse already, I think Palacios is a, and I don't mean to annoy you, Dan, either at the same time, but I think Palacios is a, is a decent decent addition to the ranks if we can bring him in. um. Dan, I know you're not necessarily the biggest fan of him, so no. I'll come to you in a sec. I'm going to flip it straight back on to Liam. Um, but Palacios, I think that's, again, decent decent signing, would you expect?
1: No, I, I I actually don't. I, yeah, Wilson Plastis is a player that's struggled for, for a good couple of years. Um, yeah, he has I mean, Yeah, we, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but he obviously struggled with some personal trauma over the last few years. Now, but when since he's been at Stoke, isn't it? So, he's just yeah. really... He's not been able to get anywhere near that team. Now, in terms of him being on trial at the MLS and them turning him down, if he's not fit, they're midway through his seasons. So it's a very different sort of situation. Of yeah, so, it's, you know, there's... A lot of people will jump on that, but that that's a bit unfair. I'm sure a will, fit Wilson Palacios would certainly be a good MLS player. But for me, well, we've got players like Jay Spearing and Mido Kamara that we've shif- shifted out. And for me, they're two defensive midfielders that can't pass. So why would he want another one on higher wages?
2: You took the word out of my mouth, Liam. Exactly my sentiment. It's like we've got these two who probably are coming back, returning from their club, off, uh, returning from the clubs they spent the last half of the season on loan. If we're going to use, you know, if we're going to use that position again, if we're going to go back to having a proper defensive midfielder, why spend money on bringing one of the men when we already have two who can do the exact same role as Palacios, who are younger, can probably pass better, and have actually been playing football recently? You know, it's, it's, I just don't get it. at all me personally.
0: Yeah, I think you both got good points, and we've mentioned that about Ryan Taylor already, haven't we? About injury-prone players and why we maybe shouldn't be looking at signing them. So I understand my own personal hypocrisy on uh, in being interested in Palacios. I just look at the player that he was and consider that that was a fine player at his peak. He was a fine player. And if he could find that peak again with us, then we'd be signing someone who'd be a real asset. But, you know, at the back of my head, when I I think about it, rather than going in with a a knee-jerk reaction, I think I do kind of come, not quite as far as you guys, but I think I'm I'm more or less along the same sort of lines. Um, And it's interesting, Liam, that you said about Spoon and me, though, because I just wanted to bring up the fact that some people, I guess I have as well, I've kind of forgotten that we're getting Baptiste, Spearing and Mido back, all of whom so far we know have expressed an interest in continuing with the club. Baptiste obviously can play a few different roles at the back, which will come in handy, not to mention playing at right-back if we had to as well. But Spearing and Mido are going to boost our midfield with quite a lot of experience. And and when they're on form, and we know they've not been on form for too much lately for Wanderers, but when they're on form, they're two very, very competent midfielders. So again, it it even supports the claim of maybe sticking Vela at right-back. Because Spain and Mido coming in there can do Vela's job in midfield just as well as Vela if they play if they play the cards right and if they play the way we know they can play. Would well, you think that's fair, Liam?
1: No, no, I don't. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the reason that they both went out was not necessarily because they're two poor defensive midfielders. They're not. You know, they're both very combative. They get stuck in. You know, they they work at a very good pace. They've got energy. That's not the problem. The problem with them too is simply that they can't pass. They can't yeah. pass. They cannot do that job because the Bolton under Lennon has been trying very much to recycle possession as much as it can. And with them too, when we were on the ball, we were more likely to concede, I think, than when they had it. With the ridiculous crossfield passes, you know, they wouldn't look up. They've just got no distribution skills whatsoever. I wouldn't expect either of them to be at Bolton come the start of the season. And the problem is, i actually quite like both of them. Hmm. I, I think they're both good yeah. for their own individual reasons but I just cannot see them under Neil Lennon either of them two having a future
0: No, Dan what do you say?
2: I could see one of the two midfielders staying perhaps by virtue of no one wanting to sign in Meadow since the move to ha- ha- Haifa is that his team? since the move to back to Israel broke down so I could see at least one of them staying because we haven't got it doesn't look like we're going to have much fun at all to bring players in and if the only midfield they're going to bring in this summer is David fucking done. Then perhaps it is wise to just keep one of them back in case of injuries. Um, you know, I said we haven't got a specific defensive midfielder at the minute, so with either one, I'd be happy with one of those two staying. I'd imagine Spearin probably go because he's the one who is more well known and probably command. We we could probably get 900k I reckon for him maybe if people were desperate, and that would be you know that could boost Lennon's coffers quite considerably but I think Baptiste is the interesting one and I think he will stay I think Lennon will talk to him when he gets in tomorrow because that's when all the team are back in first team training and it con- and it comes so quick it's really weird yeah. I-, I hope we survive doing these podcasts we've not to talk about it for the past two months it's it's beyond me but yeah I think Baptiste you said then um, right back um, Baptiste can play that he can but I think we've learned with watching Baptiste at Blackburn like in I the- hope so that if he needs to be a centre back, he's probably better Absolutely. than all the centre backs we have. Wheat is probably as good as, but Wheat is always injured. Reem we have differing opinions on him at centre back, but I'd I'd have Baptiste at centre back next season. To be honest with you, he showed again in that brilliant performance against Liverpool when he kept them out almost single-handedly. Yeah. That he's a very good centre when when played in his actual position, he's very good. And I think without getting a good defender in for nothing, as we already have him next year, could mean a lot to us. And I would hope that we at least give him a proper chance and hopefully if I, hopefully Baptiste will forgive our quite horrendous support and stay but who knows
0: mm, Well on the, on the subject of um, to centre halves just to close this segment off because bloody hell it's gone on for eight I think it's nearly gone as long as long as last week's entire podcast yeah. um, but on the subject to centre halves and Liam I'm going to come to you first and we'll, I'll just sit back for 10 minutes while you talk about it but our, our mate Tim is, uh, looks like he's heading off to the Gold Cup in, in America I think it's in America that's uh, that's going to be held in the next couple of weeks. He's been put in the provisional squad by Jürgen Klinsmann. We don't yet know whether he's going to be in the full squad, but we hope he has. Um, But that's going to mean he's not going to actually finish the tournament should they get to the final until the 26th of July. Now, the first game of the season for Wanderers, I think, is 7th of August. So from a fan's point of view, from Ream's point of view... Do you think it's in his best interest to go and play in this tournament, or do you really not care? And an hope he, uh, you know, cuts his leg open or something like that, and misses another few weeks on top of that.
1: Well, I'm not as concerned about it as perhaps some other Bolton fans are, but I think if you start worrying about stuff like that, I think you need to take a step back and just think. You know, it's good for him. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, that's that's been the sole focus of his own career for some time to get back into that America team, and he's missed a Gold Cup and a World Cup. And credit to him, you know, he's put the shift in and he's managed to get himself selected for that provisional squad and, you know, fair play to him. I mean, personally, I don't see how, but that's that's, (laughs) (laughs) that's a different point altogether. I can see that obviously there is, you know, I believe he's been scouted quite a lot recently by Jürgen Klinsmann's team. And, you know, I I can only think who has has watched him, but (laughs) it must be... (laughs) But, you know, fair play to him. It's good. And it's, as for missing a little bit of the season, you know, if people like Tim Ream that much, sure, they they can afford him a little bit of joy of competing for his country. You know, he's competing in a gold cup at home. You know, is he's, he's in the 23-man squad. I, am I right there?
2: Yeah, I think he has been. I don't think he's in the provisional anymore. I think he's in the full oh, squad. Got, oh because yeah, right, they all the likes of uh, Breck Shea and Matt Bessler. Okay. And they caught some of them. So, I think he's made it across
0: some... More fair enough. More but well, good on him then. And yeah.
1: Place. So, I mean, despite my own opinions on Ream, I can't detract from the fact that it's a good achievement for him. And if he misses a couple of games at the start of the season, even if he was a good player, I could afford it to him.
0: Fair enough, Dan. Um,
2: you know me, I'm Ream's biggest fan. I've been since the start. Started the Dare to Reap hashtags and I'm very happy for him. He, he does deserve his call-up. And Mark, When Mark was on a couple of weeks ago, he we did say the Gold Cup was more of a testing ground for players. And I yeah. just hope... So he may not, he may not be in Jurgen Klinsmann's full plans, but I hope he just pr- show. I hope he gets an opportunity to show Klinsmann that he is worthy of the squad. And my only fear is, with the potential, you know, being away till the twenty sixth of July, should USA go all the length of the competition, is if Ream doesn't get much game time, then he's gonna come in. Mm. He's gonna come in after, you know, he's gonna come in after not having much of a break in the summer, you'd imagine, and then not playing much. He might not be match fit, and that's a that is a worry since he's. Probably one of the first names on the team sheet and a candidate to get the captaincy.
0: True, but one of the things that you can usually, you know, that the the USA teams are always impressing upon people when they're they're playing on the international stage is how fit they are. That's true. So I'm not going to be too concerned that he's going to come back, you know, like with a beer belly on him or anything like that, like Mark Mark, Mark Davies. But I, I I think that is a fear that he's going to go all the way over there and nothing's going to happen. But at the same time, they're not lying around all day like England playing PlayStation and just waiting for the game, you know. They're gonna be working hard, they're gonna be training. Hmm. He's gonna have a base a base level of fitness and and like Liam says, I think it's gonna be good for him. You know, if he has an absolute storm in tournament, you never know. Might might get a, a bit more of attention on Wanderers as well, in a positive light rather than a negative one. Well, and, uh, I guess you should knows? mention
2: that um since we've got the most tenuous of links to the Gold Cup, we're gonna be covering it on the website
0: now, aren't we? Yeah, feel free, Dan, explain.
2: Yeah, well basically we've got a profile somehow, we've managed to tirelessly Google and Wikipedia away and got information about all the clubs that are going to be competing, we're going to have profiles on them all and we're going to be covering the Gold Cup since our team's going to be in it, so keep an eye on that everyone.
0: So yeah, as you say Dan, uh, the lads are going to look after a couple of teams apiece, keep everybody up to date on them, just for a bit of fun, something a bit different because there's, well, there's not a great deal going in the world of Bolton Wanderers, it's uh, a bit of an interesting diversion, so if you don't want to know everything about the guatemala national team that you didn't know before keep an eye on the website all those profiles and coverage is going to start from the first of july so keep it open so what we'll do is we'll leave that there for now um, this long ass segment's going to come to a close i'm going to have a quick sip of my drink and we'll be back in a minute with segment two we're going to discuss the fabulous new bolton wanderers kit so stay where you are we'll be right back Okie dokie, welcome back to segment two of Love Pod 17. I'm still Chris, he's still Liam, he's still Dan. This is the only podcast in the world where we will spend a good 10 or 15 minutes discussing various items of clothing that our favourite footballers and Liam Feeney will be wearing in the coming season. So, I'm going to come to you both in turn. I'm going to say, Dan, do you like it? What do you think? Tell us off you go, carry on.
2: Yeah, obviously there's, the kit came out on... F- Thursday was it? Wednesday maybe? And, I think it might be Wednesday. Yeah, and um, it wasn't well received widely on social media. But immediately, I didn't agree with much of that at all. Obviously, we have a very good analysis of the kit on the site from our good friend Mark Yezovoleski. Got that right? Yes, Yezovoleski. Yes, no, yes
0: Three times over. Of
2: course. And then um, he's a lot more balanced about it than he was in his tweets. But um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a nice kit. It's just the collar is obviously the contentious issue. Now, personally. I don't mind it at all because I love how it's the Lancashire rose in the red bit. It does look a bit weird, but that's Macron. You're going to get something apart from last year when we our kit was pretty dull as we're going you're going to get you're usually going to get something weird at Macron, and it, I, it usually looks really nice. As we were discussing last week, the the Lazio kit with the eagle on it is incredible, and whilst the colour isn't quite to that level, and it is a bit needless, I still like it, because it's just weird and different, and, and the rest of the kit I really like, I like how there's little details, you know, the elephant embroidered in the back, And I, I like how the sponsor actually really does go with the kit, I was a bit worried at first, but, because the logo that they showed on when they announced the deal was very square, and I thought that would look shite on the kit, but the the logo on the kit now is rectangular yeah. in it, so it does yeah. look, I have think it's a really nice, smart kit, and I only, I just wish, the socks were hooped, in fact, I'd like it to all be in all-white, as we were discussing last week, because I think it would have been the right time for a change back to the all-in-white. And obviously, the writing on the back has to be red, or, it's, or I will turn on it. But apart from that, yeah. I, mean, I actually really like the goalkeeper kit as well that they've released. That's got a nice pattern on it. It's a bit weird. It'll match Amos' turn, no doubt, as well. So yeah, I'm very happy with our second Macron kit. How about you, Liam?
1: Well, I don't think I'm as happy as you, Dan. I don't think anyone could be. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all right, isn't it? I, 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 I'll be open. I'm not someone who... It's as passionate about kits as maybe somebody else is. But for me, as long as I like it, I'm happy. I don't necessarily go into the nitty gritty of it too much. I look at it, you know, it's white and it's blue and it's got a nice little bit of red. It's okay. I I don't see how you can be so, there was a lot, there was a lot against it. I just don't see how you could be that against a kit unless it looked like the, you know, the yellow and green mustard sports bra we had. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. It's plain. I don't see how what it can, can be you say? Yeah. It's just, you know, I'm 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 not blessed like Mark was at being able to look at it as in depth as he did and you know, for anyone who hasn't, please do have a read of it. It's much better than my thoughts on it. But, you know, it it ticks on the boxes and yeah, I like the goalkeeper kit as well. What do you think, Chris?
0: Um, well, I, I had a bit of a negative reaction at first, just because I support Bolton, so you're not allowed to be straight down the middle. <laughs> yes. You've got to, you've got to be an extreme reaction one way or the other. Now, upon uh, upon reflection, I, I think I'm the same as you lads. I don't mind it one bit. You know, at the end of the day, it's a football kit, and so it's really not going to stop me sleeping at night. I, I do like the socks, Stan. I'm sorry, I like yeah. the socks. It, it, it's reminiscent of the uh, the last year at Burnden. Where we had the, um, the the very plain white shirt with blue navy shorts and navy socks with a touch of red on them as well, and and that just that just it takes me back to a happy time in my life. It really does. Um again, red red lettering is an absolute must. Yep. The bit on the collar, uh, well, you know, that, what can actually. you say about that bit on your on the bit on the collar? Oh, wait, it looks no. like Sorry. yeah, it looks like one of those ones where someone's sort of pulling the collar out a bit because they're getting a bit hot and sticky. It looks like they've pulled that away a bit and, and exposed the red undershirt underneath, which is again yeah, is yeah. a bit of a quirk. But they've tarted it up a bit by having that red rose of Lancashire in there as well, so we're not going to grumble too much. But Liam, you weren't here last week when we discussed kits uh, with with Tom and myself and Eddie and uh, and our lovely Dan, of course. But are you a uh, are you a whole white kit man, or do you, do you really just not care?
1: No, I'm. I wouldn't say I'm an all white kit man. Actually, I prefer the white navy navy. Um, it's yeah. always that's how I see bottom-wanderers. Don't get me wrong. It change is always good. It's healthy, you know. And to mix it up a little bit, maybe all white one year wouldn't be. You know, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna lose any sleep about it. But personally, no. I, I see us a we're a white and navy team with white shirt. Mm. That, that's how I see us. So predominantly, after the shirt, everything's navy for me.
2: I just need so. interject quickly because I made a mistake there. Like, you know when you said that bit about the collar. I, I said mm. I didn't like that. I, I meant what I was talking about there is you know the the bit on the back of the neck with the BWFC.
0: Was, oh right, right, right. The yeah, I wasn't about bat. that. I would have hope, yeah,
2: I like. I really liked the elephant of that last year, and I was hoping. I was just hoping that'd be a bit more interesting than BWC. But apart from that, I'm very happy with the kit. Carry on.
0: Fair enough. Uh, well, one thing that does need to be to be mentioned is that. God awful photograph of Vela Clayton and you know, <laughs> and Zach, Zach Clough that they promoted with. him. what the hell is going on? I mean, do you remember a few years ago we had our first Adidas kit and they had a picture of Kevin Davies, oh, yeah. Chris Eagles, and Stuart Holden where it looked like yep. Kevin Davies' right arm was about 10 foot long. I mean, what the hell was yeah. that all about, Dan?
2: Oh, I know. It was, was didn't use like models and probably Photoshop Kevin Davis's arm onto it. Oh, man, it was appalling. <laughs> yeah, and I think when you pointed out that Clayton's knee looks like plastic, so again, probably it's either a Photoshop or some bad editing. Clayton's grin is—if <laughs> anything, it's—it's it's produced a lot of good memes for the coming season because now we've got the Beckford thumbs up, the the Lennon stuff, and now we've got the the Vella ear cup and the Clayton Mingen grin. So we're we're going to be very happy at Bolton Twitter over the next season. That's for sure. That's
0: right. I, I've saved a close up of Zach Clough pointing at you. That's yeah. The, yeah you're all right. All right, you guys. Uh, Josh Vella. Do you want to go for a cheeky Nando's? That was a good one as well. And, and Max Clayton's shitty eating grin. There's, that, there's an absolutely wicked meme around with a dog that's got the same grin where you can just see the top of its teeth and it looks petrified. It's uncanny resemblance to Max Clayton. I love it. I hope when he scores this season, Clayton, he, he stops and puts his foot on the ball, looks at the television camera and gives us that same shitty eating grin. It's just, it's just so weird. I love it. I absolutely love it. But I, I echo Liam's comments. Um, anyone who's not seen it so far, and if not, why? not? what are you doing with your life? On the website, there's an absolutely superb uh, rundown of the home kit by by our good friend, Mark. I highly recommend you have a look at that. He's he, He's been doing the, uh, the kit analysis for Adidas and for other companies for a long, long time now. He even got a, a freebie trip to the Champions League final out of it, the lucky sub. So yeah, have a look at it. But the, the goalie top's been, uh, well, been released with slightly less fanfare, predominantly because you haven't got any goalkeepers to model it. Um, but I thought that would have made quite a smart away kit, that, personally, because it's very, very it echoes of uh, one of the first away kits I ever I ever had at Wanderers, which was a, a bit of a pinstripey one. It yeah. was a similar kind of yellow colour. And uh, and Dan, I don't know what you thought about the the goalie kit, but again, we'll try and drag this kit talk <laughs> yeah, out a little bit longer. But goalie kit's not bad, is it?
2: Yeah, said so before. Yeah, I think I really like it. I, think, I like the design. It looks it's cool and different. And um, yeah, it's it's gonna be nice. I I wonder if we'll have a an alternate one as well, because I'd love. I'm not a big fan of the yellow colour, so I wonder if we had a green one in like that, or no, or more. Um, a purple one in that colour, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, so look forward to seeing that. Well, do you
0: remember when a, couple, a couple of years ago, Yaskalainen insisted that we insisted mm. that we brought out another one that was bright orange because yeah. he was of the opinion that it would uh, it would be more in- more intimidating for people to sign. Yeah. Exactly. I think exactly.
2: I do. I do think there is some merit in that because wasn't it one season? was it all the same season that we had a, a sort of Doaz fuck grey kit as well, and that's when he demanded the orange yeah. as well. Yeah. Didn't give much thought of poor Adam Bogdan looking like you know that's where the it came from and all that, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there is credence to that, you know, having a bit more bright, because you know, you can see it in the corner of your eye more, can't you? And yeah, Definitely. I do. My only thing there, I just want the away kit to be red. I've been waiting for a red away kit for ages, I think the reverse of the home kit with red and the the collar bit being navy blue, I think that'd be really nice, so here's hoping.
0: Here's hoping indeed. Now, I'm, we were going to have a bit of a gap between the next segment, we're going to go straight into it. Very important to me, very important to me, makes... the, the, new squad, the new squad numbers. I'm, I'm less interested in the players that we're going to sign as to what, what what squad numbers players are going to take this year. I've written a piece for the site about uh, how Zach Clough needs to be our new number 10. No two ways about it. We've not had a decent number 10, I argue, in the article on the website, all the way back to JJ Acoccia, but uh, Liam, I'll come to you first. Do you give a toss about what number players have on the back or are you, uh, are you like me? Are you a little bit sad about that, uh, that kind of aspect of modern football?
1: Um, I think there is some merit to it. I, I do think that, but at the same time, I, I can't ignore my—I <laughs> can't ignore the fact that there is a part of me that really doesn't care. But having said that, <laughs> I did read your piece about Clough, and I did agree with a lot said there, and I do understand that you know a squad number from one to eleven, or even up to one to sixteen nowadays, does give a certain amount of responsibility. For ex- yeah. you know, if you're giving a, if you're giving Symbolic. a right back. The number two shirt. You're saying you're my number one right back. So, I do I do understand there is that sort of element to it. And to give Zach Clough the number ten shirt, I wouldn't necessarily say that you know the Bolton num- hallowed number ten shirt. I wouldn't necessarily go as far as that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean you, you're entrusting him with a responsibility in the team, and it's it's almost like the captaincy in a way, isn't it? Mm. To give a young player that kind of responsibility yeah, by giving definitely. him that sort of number. So of course I do see the merit in that.
0: It's not. You're right, though. It's not like it's the sacred number, like you know. United's number seven or Liverpool's number seven, for example, where it's gonna it's gonna maybe weigh a man down. You know, it's a, I think it's more of a symbolic gesture that you're our main guy, you're our main creative guy. You know, this is what we think of you. You're here for the long term. Crack on, because some of the shit we've had at number ten. Sorry, Tony, Coffey for swearing. Some of the shit we've had at number ten. Sorry, I just swore again. But some of the absolute <laughs> crap we've had at number ten over the years that I've forgotten about. Wilhelmsen, yeah. Smolarek, people like that. I mean, Ross. Riga absolute drop. Riga. I didn't realise Riga. <laughs> Riga was he actually hung around Bolton for three seasons? Yeah, I think he had, a, he had a
2: different number for each season as well. He went from seventeen to ten to fifteen.
0: That and he, oh, man, Riga. We could do a whole podcast on Riga. I'm absolutely I'm sure Show a good FC Poon. Go on then, Dan. Let's have your little uh, your little rundown. If oh, I was no, to right? say to you, Clough, Vella, Walker, Clayton. Give me your dream squad right. numbers for for all of them.
2: Clough ten. It's going to be done. I think, like as you were saying there, your discussion. I think. It's gonna. It's not even just. It's like the risk giving the responsibility of the show, It's like a confidence booster, saying we. I've got the confidence in you to show you're worth this number ten. And it might not be. It's like the hollowed Bolton Wanderers number ten. But it's just the cultural significance of the number ten. You've got Messi who's number ten. You know the the number ten is you know, it's, its own position now. You say it's just yeah. natural football diction now. You know what a number 10 is just from saying it. I think players who've, like, the likes of Clough and Vela have been brought up in this generation of what, being you know, on the YouTube watching the skill and all that type of stuff, brought up in that generation, and the iconography of the number 10 and stuff like that. I think it would be a real confidence booster to him. It, as if he needs it anyway. But, yeah, I want Clough, number 10. Vela, number eight and number four. Four. I'm, I'm in two minds. I'm in two minds. But I think four, because it could double up having been a defender and a midfielder. But eight's more of the combative midfield, you know, you box box-to-box, so i I'm only signing, but if the developers have number four, then Prattly number eight, getting the proper number, I said 21, then 11 should be free when Hall eventually fucks off. So I'm going to say Walker, number 11, because he's a left winger and left winger should be number 11. And then I, I want I want Clayton, even though he's got an alright number now at number 12, I want him to get seven, like push Feeney back to number 26 or whatever, and give it to Clayton, number seven. And then, then I'd be happy. And maybe give... Either one of the young right backs, like Freckeld or, or white number two, maybe Or Kellett, for that matter, give him number two, just just to fill the numbers up. Really, it annoys me when the lower numbers are not taken. But yeah, that's that's what I want, and I agree, numbers are important. I, I get a bit, um, but proper. Um, oh, I can't remember the word. What's, I can't remember the word. But I get angsty when, let's say, a, a right back gets number three. That oh yeah, a touch a touch yeah. of the OCD about. Yeah, it. that's the word. Yeah, I can't do it when. When Moxie first came in in pre-season, he was wearing number two, and I was getting the shakes. I can't, can't deal with that. <laughs> yeah. and Amos number
0: it's one. Like, for, it's like William Gallas getting number ten, or <laughs> oh, uh, as someone else points out, Abdulli Meite having the number ten shirt for a fortnight before we disappeared him off to West Brom. You what? Meite had number what? Do you not remember that? I Matey mean, was this should have been Guess Who, shouldn't it? with uh, <laughs> Matey had um, had the number ten shirt when I think it was just before Wilhelmson signed for us. If Jesus, I remember, I don't right. remember that. I remember having a five him Megson gave him Kale number 5 and Matey May, May, took number fucking 10 for up. about two weeks before we before we, we sacked him off
2: fucking Megson should have been sacked for that alone Jesus Christ mm. but on the new signs Amos number 1 and Medine number 24 because that's his number at Sheffield Wednesday and I don't want him to have number <laughs> 9 I don't want him to have number 9 and I want someone good to get number 9 but yeah apart from that, that that's what I want not hold your breath for that yeah well yeah, that is a point but what can you do eh?
0: maybe what
1: Clayton
2: number 9 like maybe that. Clayton number 9 there's a point Got no, yeah, I'm, I'm,
0: no, no. Number nine has to... I think LaFondra's a number nine. Clayton's not a he number is. nine. Clayton's, Clayton's a number 11. I don't know what it is. He's not a left winger, but he feels like a number 11. And I know, Liam, I'm hopeful that you're going to be... Uh, you're on the outside of this conversation. You're thinking, you're a sad little boy. You're sad little <laughs> boy talking about his squad numbers. <laughs> oh, am I right? I
1: can see where you're coming with it. Um, I, I do agree with the responsibility it can give to young players. But more as a gesture, because it's easy to do, isn't it? Mm. You know, you could say, the, the symbolism there is, is quite strong. I, I think Clough's the best example. So here's the number 10, like you were saying, Chris. You mm. know what you are now. But really, it's just a number, isn't it? So, yeah, there it is, is it, it, it can be a useful tool for us. I, I do agree with that.
2: I actually think Clayton, Vela and Clough being on the advertisement is a really big um, statement yeah, for Bolton it is. as well. Because Last year, it was like, I don't know, probably Chungi, and Mills and people like that maybe Beck well, I think it was wheater Meadow, people like that it's like giving it to you know it's not a responsibility as that but making them the face of the club I think that's just a I, I, I like that statement it's like, showing that we are changing looking at our youth team more and hey, I am happy with that so I'm looking forward to see what the numbers are so hopefully
0: it's always always an exciting day in my annual diary right, That right. then so, you rush the football manager to get that database updated it's got to be spot on and then everyone just laughs at me thinking, what are you doing with your life? And I don't care. I don't care. Here's one for you. And this is, again, nothing really to do with anything. But I'm in the middle of doing the Football Manager 2016 stuff for Bolton this year. Now, I'm faced with a bit of a dilemma. Mm. When Bolton score a goal on Football Manager, it flashes up white and blue. Oh, no. I Liam, understand. I'm going to apologise to you for this. It might sound really sad. It flashes up white and blue. I'm tempted. Mm. I'm tempted to change it to flash white and red am I on the right track or do you think I need to really get over it and, and grow up?
2: No, oh, navy's still our secondary colour. It's what mm. our socks are, it's what our shorts are. Red's the tertiary colour. Keep, Yeah, I'd say it. for now, maybe if red, is, if, if red is our away kit, then maybe then. But at the minute, you, it's got to be blue and white and navy for now.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. It's just something I'm considering at this minute in time but uh, Brilliant, well we'll just draw that to a close uh, for the time being because it's Guess Who next and I've just realised that I forgot to write my clues down so we'll have a short two minute break while I just do the clues and we'll be back to play Guess Who so stay where you are, we'll be back in a moment Oakley Doakley, segment three of Love Pad 17 Uh, segment four, what am I talking about? Time flies when you're having fun we're playing Guess Who, that's right the L-O-V, Guess Who not in any way affiliated with the uh, with the game, guess who? Lawyers, if you're listening. Uh, we're switching things up a little bit tonight. Due to my absolute dominance of the guess who scene, I'm going to stem the question and uh, and pose it to Liam and Dan. But first, I am going to pass to Dan to do his weekly introduction to the game because obviously it's his baby. I don't want to step mm-hmm. on his toes. Oh, Dan, what can people expect?
2: Yeah, well, as you should know, now, Liam, do you, I need to ask you, do you know how this game's going to go? It's not the most... Complex of games.
1: I I am aware. Good. Well,
2: for those not basically, Chris this week is going to ask how many clues you got. That's the question.
0: I've got five funny ones, um, like, oh as God. in as in relevant ones, and one that's blindingly obvious. Just in case you're struggling.
2: Right. Well, six clues and. Uh, <laughs> When we, me and Liam, have an idea of who it might be, we've got to shout out our name and pitch our guess. And we've only got three guesses, so we have to be careful because if we go for a while, then the other person's just going to have a clean sweep. So, anyway, after you, Chris.
0: Cheers. Just before we get started, Liam, are you going to say that you're not bothered or you're not, you know, you're indifferent to every single answer tonight?
1: <laughs> Talk about <laughs> squad numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I well, To them. be fair, I did sit on the fence a little bit with Reem, but. I'm starting to get quite a bit of abuse on Twitter, so I'm going to lay it off for a little bit <laughs> until he until he absolutely chefs it in this Gold Cup, and I can slate him again. <laughs> Here's
0: one. Then have you uh, have you followed him on Twitter? Now he's back on there.
1: I have.
0: Nope. Nope. Oh, admirable, admirable stance, a bit of self control there, eh?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think the players don't offer me an awful lot on Twitter. <laughs> um, oh, just...
0: you, you're really better off not following them. You really are yeah. better off not doing.
1: I mean. I was following friend of the site, Neil Dan, for a while, but then that turned a, a bit nasty, so uh, <laughs> Rob All just creeps me out on Twitter. So oh, I'm he's following. weird,
0: isn't he? He's like, I don't know what it is about him, but he just seems to hang around on his own, with no shirt, <laughs> into, his, into his mobile phone, like some sort of um, Joe Pasquale impersonator or something, it's really strange. <laughs> really strange but anyway we're getting away from guests here and into sort of libelous territory so maybe we'll uh we'll rein it back a little bit so if you're both ready i'm going to crack on and for those listening at home i want you to tweet the align again this week twitter account with a number of guesses it took to uh to understand and to find out this week's target so if you're ready we'll begin question one clue one i was born in birmingham september 1989 no takers
1: Daniel Sturridge
0: sorry would you just mind uh, conforming to the actual with Dan. Dan go ahead
2: Daniel Sturridge
0: <laughs> I'm going to award that to Liam I mean, just <laughs> a... <laughs> you know, that was rubbish I thought I'd... Oh. I, would. <laughs> I would now I know how frustrating that is from your point of view Dan you put all this effort in <laughs> And some jabroni comes and gets it in the... F- right, well, I'm going to go through the rest of the clues anyway, just because you pissed me off with that one. Second clue. My first club was Cadbury Athletic. Jesus. that's.
2: that's mm. I want to, You should have started
0: with that. I probably should have, shouldn't I? Well, you're the one that knows Daniel Sturridge's date of birth, you sadder. No, it's Next one. Manchester City paid £30,000 for me in 2003. Next one was, I joined Bolton on loan in January 2011. Next one was I scored two goals in five games at the Olympics in 2012. And the final one, which was the absolute giveaway, uh, won the Premier League and FA Cup double in 2009-2010 uh, and the FA Cup again in 11-12 and the Champions League in the season 11-12 with Chelsea. So you're right. It was Master Daniel Sturridge, or to give him his full name according to Wikipedia, because I've got it up in front of me, Daniel Andre Sturridge, resident of Liverpool's... Uh, Injury bench. I've just noticed, actually, checking his, his thing at Been at Liverpool for two and a half seasons. He only played 50 matches for him.
2: It is a real shame. because I am I hope he's fit next year because him playing, uh, leading the line with Firmino Coutinho, possibly still Sterling next season, is quite a nice prospect. So, I'm um, interested
0: to see what Liverpool do next year, actually. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, Seventh is theirs and that fraud, Rodgers, will get the chop. So, we want but, that then, sorry. I'm going to... I'm going to give it to Liam, just because in the interest of, of rebellion and the rebellious spirit, he went against shouting out his own name for reasons unknown to anybody apart from himself. But Dan, I'm going to award you a, a quarter of a point just because I don't want you getting upset.
1: How well, I'm just, can I just say, boys, as much as I'm pleased with myself, I'm a <laughs> bit, I feel a bit guilty for all the hard work. It just, it just clicked. Like, it just clicked straight away. That <laughs> well, if it
0: makes you feel if it makes you feel better, there was no hard work in it because I was I was going to do John Salako, and then I realised that you two probably both wouldn't know if I if I even said you know my first name's is John. It's borderline
1: for me.
0: That yeah, my second name's is and I know you'd have no chance. of I tried to make it current day, current uh, current time in certain respects, but uh, but you've impressed me there, and I'll, I'm going to have another go next week, and another go next well, week. I was, I was looking.
1: I was lucky because I was just looking through the uh, Burning Aces birthday spreadsheet and I believe it's Ida <laughs> Helgerson's birthday tomorrow. Or...
0: <laughs> well, so, I'm uh, sure the official BWFC Twitter page will, uh, will tell us whose birthday it is on every, every single day. I hope they carry on that through the season as well because it's been very entertaining watching people getting more and more upset replying to it with why the fuck are you telling us about birthdays? Why don't you tell us about transfers? Did the Kyle's time.
2: birthday wrong as well? Didn't
0: they get it wrong <laughs> by a month? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. So God <laughs> bless him God bless him at the official BWFC Twitter page. You you do a fine job, but but the responses to every single birthday wish um, and <laughs> it's getting it's getting more and more aggressive with every single week. It, <laughs> it, it <laughs> does it, it does Happy ch- birthday your...
1: to former wanderer Vladimir Weiss on uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, he was hopeless. One, he'd had any advice. but that—that's—that's that's the guess who done for a, another week. So straight into the Twitter question, which stemming from Tom's excellent piece last week about who our present day rivals, um, I'm going to ask you two both who you think our historical rivals and present day rivals are, just as we close the pod in a few minutes. Uh, but Matt. The ski, friend of the site at Mark Y. As things stand right now, Blackburn, there's still that animosity between the clubs, and they are the only ones at our level, so that does qualify for the current rivals. Marcus Ralphson at Marcus Ralfson. Wigan, we've basically hated each other for years, and for once, it's a team that hate each other as one. I don't quite understand that. As number one, as in. We're oh, both. as number one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Marcus. Sorry, Marcus. I have had a, a few beers today. I apologise for that. Um, Dino Riccardi at B L L S P G O L. Blackburn. Proximity, similar level, and the same deluded aspirations of promotion. So a bit of self introspection there, uh, Dino, as well as slamming Blackburn, which is always good for me. Chris Roden at Roden Music. History and Geography, says Wigan. But I'd say there's more recent history between us and Blackburn. So continuing a common theme. Ginny Hadfield, Soph the cat's mum, so hope Soph's okay. Last season, I think Wigan first, then Blackburn. This coming season, probably Blackburn first, then Burnley, then Preston North End, depending on the results. So, first shout for Burnley and PNE there as well. Uh, Tom Clark at Tommy C58, we don't have any. Lots of teams hate us Tramme, Bucket Shakers, and Wigan. None are our rivals, though. Christopher Peacock at C Peacock 83, Blackburn geographically close, similar recent history with relegation and staying in the Championship. Brilliant away day. Absolutely. And then one person who we haven't copied their name on there. So well done, Dan. My apologies for that. (laughs) So if you came up with this absolute gold tweet, please contact us and claim your prize. Unfortunately, I would say Blackburn in terms of quality of squad, finances and attendances, we've got a better stadium though. So whoever that was, come forward, introduce yourself. We do agree on that one. Uh, Dan? Yes. Historical rivals and present rivals with reasons. Off you go.
2: Obviously I can't speak too much to the historical side, I think. Obviously there's a a history with Bury and uh, Tranmere, but obviously that's well before my time and since them two are duly out the fucking way, as they should be, doesn't really concern me anymore. Man United once, you know, I imagine that was quite a bit of rivalry once upon a time when... Obviously, never as big as the Manchester Derby, but you know it's two local towns quite proximity. Obviously, Bolton were good once. I can imagine that was relatively big at some point, especially when when in love's the local towns. You either support United or Bolton. I imagine that's more of a rivalry in the schoolyard type thing.
0: I think yeah. it was from our perspective. I think we 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 gave a massive massive toss about United, and they just generally just didn't. Yeah, that's true. To be honest,
2: but in recent days, I think it what up until Burnley came into uh, Burnley and Wigan came into you know prominence. It was us and, us and Blackburn were the only teams around here, you know, in the Premier League and were the only ones facing each other. So that was a that was the biggest rivalry in Lancashire at the time, but now Burnley are back in the same level as Blackburn, I don't even see the point of saying that Blackburn are made as rivals, because we're just going to get the United syndrome, we're going to say Blackburn, we care about Blackburn, when they do not care about us. They care about, well they do, but Burnley is their biggest rival and we should ignore that, because... Our biggest rivalry now is Wigan. I don't care. I know that they've, they've, they've fucked off down to League One now, which is it's quite disappointing on the derby front. But I don't see why people deny it. I think it doesn't matter for history or anything. It's just a local derby. We both we both each others as uh, Marcus said. We are both each other's number one rivals. And I like that. I like that we both have a rivalry that we can that can foster and have history like Blackburn and Burnley, i have, like Preston and Blackpool I have, like United and City, I've Everton and Liverpool, etc. etc. I like that we have our own rivalry now and obviously, it's, like I just said, it's a shame that they've gone now and it's not had another year to improve but that is, I think Wigan are the main rivals now, yes. Liam?
1: Yeah, I agree actually with Dan. I think, I think it's pretty clear, particularly over the last 12 months, that Wigan is probably the main rival now. I think with Blackburn, when you look at it, you don't necessarily realise it but when you play against them, the intensity is always there, it can always be yeah. relied upon. You know, when... I think when you put Bolton and Blackburn in the same stadium, we remember how much we don't like each other. Mm. And you get some real, you know, some real atmosphere and some really good fixtures. So, I, for me, I've, I've grown up and pretty much every season I can remember watching Bolton, we've, we've faced Blackburn. So, we've, you know, there's, yes, there's a lot of familiar, familiarity there between us now and it might not seem as intense as, you know, for example, the excitement of getting Preston in the same division as but Them two are the main too. I mean, as well, I mean, I grew up hating Tranmere. I was at the... Mm. I I I grew up in the area where we we couldn't turn around for playing them bastards, and the, <laughs> so, I I for me I really enjoyed watching them getting relegated from the football league. And <laughs> when whenever I bump into a Tranmere fan, or speak to them. There's always that real sort of dislike that maybe you don't get when we speak to Wigan or Blackburn fans. There's a real lot of bitterness between us and Tranmere. So I would right. probably so. say yeah exactly. There's a there is a lot of real heat there between them two teams. It's, it's it. it When we used to play Chamria in the league games and in the semi-finals, these were really big games. Proximity doesn't necessarily guarantee rivalry. You know, one of the biggest rivalries in England is between Brighton and Palace. And that's all simply because of the heat of the games that they've played against each other in in the histories. And I think we've got that with Chamria. We're not necessarily the closest teams in there, but, you know, there is a lot lot that's happened between us. I even remember the Masters Grand Final being quite a touchy affair. Yeah. we played them in I think it was in the Echo Arena wasn't it at Tranmere and it was. You know, just, even it was even that even that turned into quite a you know quite an a- atmospheric game so we there's nothing wrong with not necessarily having one main rival like your Ipswich Norwich your City United there's there's nothing necess- we're an old club that's got a lot of relationships <laughs> with different teams you know you some people even argue that Wolves are our biggest rival. I was going to mention, you. To be it's honest, so I was,
0: I was, I was, that's exactly what I was going to say, but I'll, I'll come on to that in a minute, but please carry on.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, we've, we've got a lot of teams that we don't like, and as for having one out one out rival, we probably don't, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Chris.
0: No. I, I, again, I think you, you, you bob on. Um, yeah, I was going to say Wolves, just purely because when I first started watching Bolton, it was in the uh, in the early, uh, the early late years at Burning, I should say, when we had the... The, the, the Scrap, the Battle of in which will go down as one of my favourite ever ever days. But then Tranmere at the same time, another one that I've, in the early years of the Reebok, we played them in the Cup and uh, we were winning, I think it was the Cup or the League, I can't remember now, and we were winning 4-0. And we basically spent about an hour chanting Aldridge out, Aldridge out. And it's, it's so childish. But because we hated Tranmere so much at the time, it just felt right. And then as we, as we developed in the Premier League years, we had rivals, it was, I thought, with, with West Ham. Games against Arsenal were always pretty, pretty you know, yeah. high high intensity. You know, the the atmosphere was always good when we played Arsenal at home, especially a weekday match. You know, under the lights at winter in winter mm. time, something like that. Always a very very exciting and, and again, I'd always look forward to every single year. But in, in a modern context, I, I agree with Dan in, in a way. I think it doesn't matter whether we've been playing Wigan for twelve months or or hundred and twenty years. Rivalries are rivalries, and they've got to start somewhere. Who's to say that in twenty years' time we'll look back and? and Wigan would have been our rivals for, for 20 consecutive seasons, and all of a sudden it becomes all we've ever known. So it's a difficult one, and I can understand why people get a bit het up about it, to be honest, because it's an important thing for football clubs. It's a tribal sport. Everyone's got, uh, everyone's got the things they like about it. Everyone's got things they hate about it. And I just think we can all just come together and agree that Wigan being in third division <laughs> is the fucking funniest thing that's ever happened in the world. And if you look on Twitter at the moment, their fans are, oh, we're going to win the league 120 points. I, I think we will, do this. You know? I, I don't know. I really don't know I because I know f- they've binned off a couple of players, and I, and I know they have signed Morgan, they signed a couple of other lads. It's not, it's not, not going to be as easy as they think. It's no. not, We've it's seen not. that in ourselves and with Wigan too when they got relegated yeah. from the Prem down into the Champa. We all thought, yeah, a year in the Championship will be nice. We'll just re, we'll you know, we'll, we'll get ourselves back together, and then we'll come full go- all guns blazing. Which doesn't doesn't work like that. Mm, Football's do, not not that yeah. sentimental.
2: I do think they will smash the league, though. I've got. I do think they'll win it. I think. The only competition, like Swindon, have lost all their players who got to the playoff final. Sheffield United are very good. I don't think there's many. Maybe Burton Albion. I think Burton Albion could do a, um, you know, an MK Dons or whatever. You know, go straight up or Brentford. Maybe, you know, do double successful, successive promotions. I could see that. But I think there's not many good teams in that league. I think Wigan. They have made some smart signings. They signed a good goalkeeper. Obviously, they've signed Morgan. Um, I can't really remember many of the others, but I you know De- David Perkins from Blackpool, and the league with Billy Sharp, and a couple of other strikers. Well, they've do... got the money, haven't they? That's exactly. The they've, got yeah. the, they've got the money and that they said. A lot of teams in they? that
0: league probably don't.
2: They said they had like the you know David Sharp even came out and went, "We've got four times the budget of anyone else." And I think that's what we'll, I don't think they'll do it quite like Wolves did in such emphatic fashion. But I think I think they will win the league quite easily. But and I, I hope they do because I I, I, whilst it's been fucking hilarious, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's going to be a bit boring not playing them next year because it's 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 our biggest rivalry now, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, well, I think there's definite ground for saying that. As you that. were saying, for think, for
2: for, 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 for football teams needing rivalry, I couldn't think I couldn't think of anything worse than being a Leicester, being a, a, a you know, a Plymouth or something who've got no yeah. team around them for hundred miles or so and just no real rivals whatsoever. And I think. Whilst we, I, I like that we can have the debate on who our main rivals are because we've got so many teams near us and far away from us who we can consider you know, who are candidates for our other and I think that's quite healthy and quite exciting. So yeah, all
1: good. No, well, I disagree, Don. Disagree. I far prefer watching them suffer all year than spending
0: <laughs> That is true. I will give you that. <laughs> I wish them absolutely nothing but the worst. I, I completely agree. But Liam, just to draw this line, effort to a close, um, I'm, I'm going to knock it back in the, the Glasgow Celtic region. What... Speaking as a, as a you know as a supporter, of, um, making no bones about it, how have their fans gone on with Rangers not being there? Have they taken on a, a, a rival with Aberdeen or Dundee United or someone like that, or have they really just put it on hold until Rangers eventually come back up in the SPL?
1: Um, a bit of both, I'd probably say. That it's a very different situation up there, you know, and it's not necessar- There is obviously a void, you know, left by. By Rangers since they obviously died. I mean, obviously there's that new team that's sort of coming up through now, and they <laughs> obviously don't like Celtic either. So I imagine there's going to be a new rival with that with that new team. I think they're called Rangers as well. So
0: playing I, blue, I believe as well.
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah, and I'm. I'm, at I'm Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They, I don't know how they've. Uh, they don't know they've managed that. That seems a bit. <laughs> it's almost a bit like a tribute band. But uh, <laughs> 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 no, it, there obviously there's a void then. And without getting too much into it, cause I could talk all day about it. The, the problem with Celtic, have had is that the quality of their own team has suffered in terms of being competitive for Europe. Rangers and Celtic are sort of knife sharpness for each other, really. The fact that they have to beat each other every single season was a real driving force, in them being able to compete in Europe. Obviously, Celtic now to be, to obviously, to win the league only had to be better than Aberdeen, which yeah. you know, without being disrespectful to Aberdeen is a very, very different kettle of fish than being better than Rangers. So, yeah, I mean, Celtic as a club has suffered. And, of course, the fans have have, have missed playing Rangers. And, you know, the attendances that Celtic have suffered, really, without having that sort of added competition there because there was never an intensity anymore, you know.
0: No. When you're in a two-team league and one of the teams disappears, it's always going to leave a void, isn't it, like you say?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, mean, the year before Lennon came to Bolton, they were... You know they were disappointed that Lennon didn't manage to go the full season unbeaten. I mean, you know, can you blame the fans for not necessarily getting as carried away when?
0: No, definitely not. Definitely. It doesn't matter
1: if they lose. You know, if they lose one game, that's fine. They'll win the next eleven.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's it is, a, it, is a, it is a different situation. You're totally right. And uh, and on that bombshell, we'll, we'll drop it there. I think, lads. It's been a very interesting, very illuminating chat tonight. We've gone through very many topics. Uh, I bet you didn't all know that we were that sad and that anal about squad numbers. But if you're if you're like us, drop us a tweet. You know, I'd love to know what you think about Firmino taking eleven at Liverpool. Bogdan techie number one. This is stuff that matters. It all matters. Is, he got you might one think or is that a joke? No, apparently it's it's all true. It's all true. Okay. Milner's taking seven and yeah, Firmino's taking eleven. But uh, our man Bog is taking number one, which is which is a nice little uh, uh, nice little boost for him. Uh, right, so. What we'll do is we'll say we'll, we'll call it a night. Um, I'm going to watch another episode of Game of Thrones, see if I can get over King Joffrey's passing. Uh, Dan, what are you going to do for the rest of tonight? It's half past ten. It's not a school night, is it? You um, can do what you want. No, it's
2: you not. I'm going to have to drive my brother's girlfriend home, drop her off because
0: I'm that guy. Hey kind. up, hey up, I know how that ends. You're <laughs> <too sad. clears throat>
2: 16 year old. Oh. And, and then I'm going to edit this so it can hopefully be out by Monday
0: morning. Belting, well, I feel bad now for suggesting that you are be interested in any kind of exactly, in, in yeah. carrying on like Bit that. Weird, that yeah. Very, very odd. We'll, we'll pretend that never happened. <laughs> Liam, what about yourself? Are You you're up work in the morning.
1: Oh, I am, but what I'm actually going to do is I'm just going to sit and wait for Don to edit this and just stay up and just wait for to be able to listen to my own voice again. That's
0: that's the sort of that's, dedication. want. <laughs> I, I can't decide when
1: i when I I can't decide whether listening to myself is appropriate or not. You know, like from an entertainment point of view.
0: I, 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 I I'll be honest with you. I forget. I forget what we've said after the time on these. So I listen back to it to to sort of you know remind myself what we talked about because my memory is shocking. Getting older, it's bad. It's bad. I but imagine. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on, Liam. I know it's uh, we do like to try and have a bit of a rotating cast uh, from time to time. We'll be doing and next know, week, won't we? Cause yeah,
2: I'm hosting right. next week. Woo-hoo. That's
0: right because I'm I'm off out on the uh, on yeah. Saturday night and, and we're not available on Sunday, so it's going to be a, a, a Christmas podcast, which I'm sure everyone will joy uh, in fact one final thing before I go I saw somebody retweet a post I can't remember it was I but it made me laugh uh, somebody referred to us as the line of Vienna, Vienna pod twat <laughs> 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 I'm gonna make that the new fucking bio. <laughs> I, I can I, I wish I could remember who posted, it, but it just—it just made me laugh. I just thought oh, that—that's brilliant. That's the best bit of criticism and, and yeah. backhanded praise that we've ever had. So whoever wrote that, make yourself known. Then um, for a free line of inner t-shirt that we, that we've not made yet, but line of inner pod twat, So I think we'll consider changing the name to that. But uh, but Liam, thanks for joining us tonight. Where can people find you on the internet, mate? Yep,
1: yeah, the usual places at Liam underscore Mira. And uh, just keep checking on my weekly column that I haven't done this week or maybe a couple of <laughs> weeks ago, but usually it's more consistent than that.
0: That's right. Friday night, 9 o'clock. You can normally find Liam's at uh, Liam's uh, Thoughts and Brain Farts on the website. Always a good read as well. Dan, what about yourself? Tell us something different.
2: Oh, Something different from what? Just. You, I don't know. Yeah, you, you, late, we, are,
0: we know, we know that. What, give me, give me the name of one random podcast you listened to this week that people won't have heard of.
2: Sorry, so, man, listen to the Bitsocket podcast. That is very funny, and it's, it's, it, they're very funny guys. They, there you go. Go and listen to that. Since we've gone on this weird tangent,
0: that is a bit of a weird tangent, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. But yeah, follow me at McBrosky mm. and see you in a bit. Really
0: fair do as well. I'll, I'll come in with the uh, the New York City Crime Report. If you like your crime with a, a hint of extremely black comedy making fun of things you really really shouldn't make fun of in a setting of new york city then check that out but again i'm 90 manning 83 i won't be here next week so i'll probably see you in a couple of weeks time take care of yourselves and let's hope for some signings in the coming days so that's it for us see you next week take care bye